On today's episode, when dishwashing leads to divorce, making your parents great again, and the best little whorehouse in Texas. All that and more on today's episode of Bad Advice with Lori Beth Denberg. Help me out, almighty Lori Beth Denberg. Give me that vital information so I get the red lights to do, yeah. The church of Lori Beth is in session, and we're reading from the scriptures of vital information. Talking my goddess and my savior, my LBT. Just tell me what's going on. This is Lori Beth Denberg, and welcome to the Bad Advice Podcast. With me, as always, is Clark Roser. Hello. Hello, Clark. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. It's a big week in your house. It is. It is such a big week. For several reasons. Yes, my boy, my five-year-old. He's about to turn six tomorrow. I know. It's going to be his birthday, but yesterday he finally went to kindergarten. It was his very... First day in person kindergarten. Yeah. He got to see his teacher. He got to meet his friend that he's been playing with on Zoom. It was a great day. He had a lot of fun. I'm so glad. There was about a week ago, there was a day or two where he was starting to get really nervous. But then he quickly got over it and was just like, I'm ready. I can't wait. Did you dress him up nice in a suit and tie? I didn't put him in a suit and tie, no. I Uh, know you didn't. I saw the picture. It's not a Mad Men uh, school. (laughs) Uh, My thermos full of bourbon. (laughs) How cute would that be? A little Mad Men thermos and lunchbox? That would be pretty funny. I like it. Um, So yeah, we did that. And then uh, the other big news that we did this week is that we got tickets to Disneyland. (gasps) Tickets to Disneyland. Uh, I'm so excited. May 24th. It's a Monday. It's a Monday. Yeah. So everybody go there and bother Clark. <laughs> well, you have to live in California. Yes. And you have to be willing to reserve tickets. It's a, it's a Oh, you have ordeal. to live in California. Yeah, yeah. They oh, won't let see, anyone I in. I don't know all the all the ins and outs of it. But... And there's only like 20 to 30% of the park that they're letting in. So the capacity is going to be really small. 20% of the park that's open or 20%? Oh, like the population will be it, 20, 30% that Disneyland could handle. Exactly. Oh, see that? That's kind of awesome. Right. Which means smaller lines, fewer people. It's going to be like grad night. It, <laughs> I never went. Oh, sad. I think you have to grad. Yeah. To go. <laughs> to I think go they check your night. GPA at the gate. <laughs> Can I say one thing, though? They, I was actually telling uh, LB a, a little bit of this earlier, but I forgot to finish my uh, story. All right. So last year I went to Florida in February and they had this food festival where they were all this fancy cool foods what they had it this year too even though the the parks were you know only opened a certain amount because of covid and stuff they at least opened up the food festival and one of the big things this year at the epcot food festival is a hot dog inside a giant pickle that is then turned into a corn dog whoa yes and the big news is disneyland said that they are bringing that to disneyland What's it called? I have no idea. It's like the pickle corn dog or something. That sounds tangy as fuck. Right? Whoa. I'm kind of excited. I kind of want a 
hot dog pickle corn dog. Oh my goodness. Well, I oh, I was telling Clark as well, but I'll share with you, the listeners. One of the uh we haven't done an LB Waste Your Life about her yet, but yeah. there's this uh Chicky, her channel or whatever is called Emmy Made, E-M-M-Y. Right, right, right. M-A-D-E. And she it's a it's a cooking little cooking girl. Yeah, a little cooking like videos and stuff. Love she her. tries all kinds of she's cute. She calls other things like she'll make something little. She goes, it's so stinking cute. <laughs> and so like she is so stinking cute. Right, right. But um, I just saw a video of her uh, in the last couple of days, like eating her way through Disneyland. Oh, nice. And I was like, OK, she's hitting all the right spots. Yeah, popcorn, and I was worried, churros. Though. Yeah, no, she didn't do popcorn. She did the turkey leg. OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. She she started with the giant turkey leg. She, and I was like, stop eating it. There's no way you can eat that whole thing and then keep going. Uh, she did the churro. She did. OK, good. Uh, uh, a, f- a bunch of things, like 10 things. Did she things. do a big Mickey pretzel? She did not do a big Mickey uh, pretzel. Because I think it's kind of like how different or good right, could it be? Right, right, It's a pretzel. She did this macaroon that was like the Matterhorn. Oh, cool. And it looked really, really cute. Oh. But I'm not a big fan of coconut. Yeah. So, so I thumbs downed the video. <laughs> no, but she ended. I was like, if she gets all the way through and doesn't eat the New Orleans Square oh, Monte Cristo. Monte Cristo. Yes. So she, she did. It was her okay, finale. good. good. Good, good. That was like the thing back when things weren't so crazy. And I don't even mean pandemic wise. Yeah. We would get to the park, go immediately make reservations for lunch at Blue Bayou, which is a restaurant that's inside Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. But it's at the very, very, very beginning. So you don't get any cool pirates. You just get a, an old guy that's like sitting on his porch and playing his banjo. Yes, you get a deliverance-esque <laughs> gentleman. Um, and that's what you go by when you first get in your in your little boat to go on Pirates. When you first are starting the ride, you float by this restaurant. Yep. But we would go there and get the Monte Cristo and something else and split it. Yes. Because half a Monte Cristo is really good. Yeah, you could never, one person could never make no. it through the whole Monte Cristo. And for anyone who doesn't know, Monte Cristo sandwich is like a turkey ham cheese sandwich deep fried with powdered sugar and jam. Yeah. So that doesn't really lend you to having a lot of energy after <laughs> lunch to keep running around Disneyland. <laughs> you just want to eat that Monte Cristo and then go right on Splash Mountain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but so it is as we speak, it is uh, April 21st. So yes. I hope everyone had a beautiful family oriented 420. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Um, so congratulations to everyone who celebrated another year of and, that. And uh, exactly. We need like a Santa Claus for 420. Yes, we do. We need oh. some kind of a character. We Yeah, we need a mascot yeah. for that. And then a friend of mine put on Facebook, 421, National Surprise Drug Test Day. <laughs> Which that made me laugh. And then tomorrow is 422, which is Earth Day, which is Lex's Earth Day birthday. Earth Day birthday. He's going to be six years old, yes, which I find is. personally offensive. Uh, you're telling me I had to walk him into kindergarten yesterday. I know. This is know. crazy how fast it's going. It's very crazy. I yeah. hope he's having a good day at school today. Yeah, me too. He's in school right now. But as he's in school, I think we should do our job. And answer a couple of questions. Are you ready, Fair LB? Enough. Yes. All right. We are going in. So our first question is from Zach. Hi, Zach. And Zach says, I've been in a relationship with a wonderful, wonderful person for about five and a half years now. 
She's from another country and due to the virus has been stuck in her home country for the past 18 months. And now her U.S. visa is due to expire and she's anxious to get married ASAP. However, I don't feel like I'm ready to get married. I seem to have two options, both undesi undesirable. Do I tie the knot before I'm fully comfortable or end the relationship? That was Zach. Zach? Five and a half years? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Five and a half years, yeah. and you're not quite sure. Unless you started dating when you were 14. Yeah. Uh -huh. Which I doubt. <laughs> This is a moment to consider, Zach, that you either want to be with this woman or you don't. Yeah. And let's make that decision very clear. <laughs> really, look in the mirror. Look in your heart. Yeah, after five and a half years, what do you think is, like, what is it that you're still waiting for that you're still unsure of? I'm not quite sure, says Zach. <laughs> I haven't. I don't know. And there's some weird 90 day fiance nonsense yeah, to this. I'm not sure. Bit. Zach, Zach, Zach. If you've been with this woman for five and a half years, granted, some of that has been through the pandemic. Sure. Sure. Um, you know, if you want to be with her or not. Right. And even if it wasn't your plan to say, I want you to get married right now. I mean, he could be 25. Like, I really don't know. True. But if you want this person in your life and the only way to do that is to get married after five and a half years. Yeah. Uh, do it or don't. But yeah. that's going to make or break the relationship, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Because five and a half years, Zach. Yeah, I don't even on. have a lot. There's not even a lot of advice here. I'm just a little disappointed. <laughs> when they started dating... Trump hadn't even been elected president. Yes, if your relationship could weather the last five years <laughs> and a half. And a half. Oh, Zach, if you want this woman in your life, if you see yourself being with her, then get married. It might be, you know, it's like, God, it's like a legitimate green card wedding. Yeah. You know, yeah, a little bit like uh, most people with green cards are like, well, we met four months ago. Let's <laughs> really make it seem like we fell in love hard and quick. You've got five years behind you. Yeah. Um, But yeah, this sounds like Zach not knowing what he really wants. Exactly. I don't want to give her up, but I don't want to marry her. Yeah. Like, how long are you stringing her along until you decide what? Whether or not she can live in America? And, but that that's the other thing. What is this deciding factor that he's waiting to magically happen uh, yes, at some what point? Yes, what, what, what needs to happen for you to be ready? Yeah, what, is there, was there more? You, you need to make sure she doesn't snore for a whole year straight? Yeah. Or... <laughs> Like, what is it that you're, what's that final thing that you're waiting to yeah, click in? I'm just waiting on her bone density results. <laughs> this is the final, this is the final thing I need to, for my checklist, says Zach. <laughs> Zach, if you want to be with this woman and you want her in your life and you love her. Yeah. And this is what you have to do to make that happen. Yeah. Fine. If you can still be long distance. And, you know, I guess we should say that. Yeah. If if it's going to work out long distance, then that's another thing. I have a feeling that this chicky will be like, uh, we're done. Yeah. Like, well, if I mean, if especially, why would she come back to the States 
at that point. You know, if she's only coming back to be with uh, Zach, mm -hmm. maybe she would just end up staying where she's from. I don't know. But maybe this is what I'm saying. Is there a 90 day fiance disgusting thing going uh, on here? Okay. Is Zach just gross? or pathetic and she is this is a long con if it's right. really been five and a half years yeah or is she just trying to get back to start her only fans mm. i don't know i don't know the situation sure. hey uh zach's lady why don't you write in and let us know from your <laughs> yeah, point of view give you way better advice exactly than zach. zach you're gonna get some shitty advice today because I think you're in the fault, my friend. Yeah, it's very possible. You know, you it's it's like with anything in life, the choice is yours and you accept the consequences. Yeah. If not having her in your life anymore isn't that much of a problem. Yeah. Then say no. Yeah. And uh, honestly, it's also just like she's waiting on pins and needles to see if she's going to fly to a different country and marry the person she loves, you're afraid you might get divorced. Like there's no comparison of the two. Well, you no, need see, to, I don't think because who I was, cares whether you if you get married and let's say it turns out horrible and after five and a half years she was one woman, but yeah. then you get married and she's totally different. You find out she has osteoporosis. <laughs> Then what happens? You get a divorce and you're over. It's done. Like, yeah, who cares? That's what I, I, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, but if you're hesitating this much, it doesn't seem like you're desperate to have her and hold her. Exactly. So you look into your conscience, <laughs> Zach. <laughs> I don't like mom out and use his name all disappointingly. Zach, I wish we knew his full name. Zachary, Zachary Matthew Pachinko. <laughs> Get in here. All right, Mr. Pachinko. I hope that helps. Uh, and if I you're, just want to be Mrs. Pachinko. Yeah, if you're Mrs. Pachinko, please send us an email or a phone, phone message. Uh, let's move on. Uh, we're going to go to Manny. And Manny says, I know you live with your dad and help him out. My mother-in-law lives alone in a four-bedroom, three-bath house that's too big for her to manage. She lives with her dog about an hour away in a remote area. She's approaching 80 and has health issues. My wife and I have opened our home to her, but she doesn't want to lose her independence. She's fallen, and we had to drive out there in the middle of the night, and she often pulls guilt trips that we don't visit enough. We care about her, and this tears up my wife but we just can't go out there weekly. How do we get her to move in with us? Ugh. That's Manny. Manny. Thank you. Thank you yep. for your question. I do live with my dad. I do. He's 76. Oh, my dad just got a date for his surgery. Oh, he did. No. Oh God. If he had a trombone, he'd be so all over it. <laughs> no, my dad as a complete aside, ignoring Manny's question, yeah, yeah, yeah. was supposed to have a knee replacement last November. Yes. And it got canceled because there was a huge COVID surge. Yep. So it's been pretty bad. He's been in a lot of pain oh. and that has been exhausting him. Is it one knee or both? He already had the other one done. Okay. So it's just the one. And you can tell which one it is because it's like 10 times bigger than the other one. Oh, I thought it would be like squeaking, like it yeah, needed like, oil. Rrr, rrr, rrr. <laughs> um, so he finally got a surgery date in May. Yay. So we're pretty, it's, it's such a strange thing where you're like, I can't wait till they rip my knee out. Yeah, you exactly. Know? And knee surgery is a big, uh, 
recovery. Yeah. It's a really big recovery. Apparently it's one of the worst. That's what they told us last time. I'm scared. I know one day I'm going to have to have my knees done. Yeah. I've broken my knee. Sellers broke one of my knees. How did Sellers break one of your knees? Well, he didn't break one of my knees. Did you knees. owe him money? <laughs> no, I was, uh, this was in high school. And it was one of those things where I used to, we did a lot of theater. And this is a person that was in our theater group mm -hmm. with us. And uh, I used to do this thing where I would be on the floor and I would get a little bit of a running start. And then I would just leap onto the stage. <laughs> I was able to just go from floor to stage in one big leap. Uh, and until. I I went to go do it and uh, Sellers happened to be sitting on the edge of the stage close to where I was jumping. Uh -huh. And he did one of the like fake outs like, oh, uh <laughs> to try and fake me out. And it faked me the fuck out. And I pulled my knee up to try and stop it. And my knee went right into the front of the stage. Oh, shit. That hurt a lot. Wow. Yeah. Hey, Sellers, nice move. <laughs> totally got me like as the ambulance is pulling away he's like i fucking did that <laughs> anyway hi sellers yes. um hey, manny manny oh yeah back, back to, to manny. manny so the whole point of this is living with my dad he's 76 yeah. he's heart condition he has back stuff he has medical issues uh and he's stubborn yeah. And he's stubborn and he, I moved in with him. I know we're going to retread stuff on this podcast. People, sorry, I only have one life. Um, <laughs> he, I moved in with him after he had heart surgery yeah. to take care of him. And I'm like, oh, why don't I just live here? Yeah. Um, And he really valued and values his independence. Mm. But as time has moved on, he's, more dependent he physically can't do a lot of stuff right um and i know that really it frustrates him yeah and because it's like well i could do it six months ago right. and now you know so i understand what it's like dealing with someone who's like fighting for their own independence yep. and doesn't want to maybe admit how bad things are but at the same time, and I don't know if there's guilt, like, well, why don't you just come see me more often? Right. And it's like, why don't you move next door to my bedroom? Right. Uh, so first of all, she might not be that horrible of a person sure. if you want her to move in with you. Yeah, exactly. That's um, kind of a good sign. Yeah. Like driving an hour a week even is much better than the worst person, you know, living next door. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I just, well, she does have a dog as well. So at least we know she's safe from intruders. See, there you go. Uh, I imagine it's like a little old lady dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the most you can do, Manny, is just say, this room is open for you, mom. This is what we can do. This is what will be best. Yep. We want we want you here. We love you. Yep. You know, we're not going to keep you locked in your room. Yeah. Here's your own key to the house. Yeah. And, you know, she can't expect, well, she does. I mean, she, she's your mom, she's yeah. your parent. Who knows where she is, like I said, on the guilt scale, right. on the whatever. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but um, I'm just thinking about Nanny. Oh, um, well, but that's a totally different guilt scale. I know. All you can do is really let her know maybe in a kind of a final way. Yeah. Like here, we can visit you once a month, you know, but really lay it on, you know, we love you. We worry about you. You know, if something happens, right. You know, it'll, 
even take us more than an hour to get there. Yeah. You know, and here's your room. Sell it to her. Like yeah, a little, that's the thing. Make a little brochure for your house. Yeah, maybe that's what she needs. She needs to be sold on the idea. Maybe there is a little bit of, of you know, uh, a pitch that you need to put together to try and get to get her to understand. Look, I'm not trying to, you know, weasel you out of anything mm -hmm. or kind of, you know, force you out of your home for any reason. It just here. Look at the, the great amenities that you can have at our house. Yep. And look at what we can do and be there for you. You know, you got to pitch it. You got to pitch it. And also, I think she does say that she's guilting them and it's it's yeah. right, tearing her wife apart. Yep. His wife apart. Yeah, his wife apart. So that okay. means that she's guilting them for everything. Yeah. So my thing is in life, she can lay the guilt trip all she wants. It's whether or not you let it affect you. Or, or let me throw out another possibility here. Mm -hmm. Maybe you guilt trip her back. Oh. Maybe you use the power of guilt against her. Mm. Maybe, you know, you're trying so hard to, to help her, but, she, you know, she just won't help back. She won't let you help. Yeah, she needs you know? to meet you halfway. Yeah, exactly. You both need to move a half an hour towards each other. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's it's the guilt trips that I can't that I can't stand. Yeah. I'm assuming that there are good reasons, as you say, that she shouldn't maybe be living alone anymore. Right. I mean, you could also get the thing where if she does need someone to live with her, you hire someone to live with her. Right. Or she does. She right. might be loaded. You could also threaten to say it's time that, you know, she clearly needs help. Maybe it's time she moves into a home. Oh, that might scare her enough to get her to come to your house, too. Yeah. Or she could move into a home. You know what? If there's the money, she could just move somewhere closer to you without living with you. Right. But um, yeah, this, this shit about guilt trips and all that kind of stuff. If you're doing your best, you're saying, mom, we love you. We want to help you more. It doesn't work where we are right now. Come live with us. You know, us. what if I'm as, as far as Clark, Clark's guilt trip idea, like, you know, if I don't get your message in the middle of the night and then you were stuck there, I mean, I couldn't live with myself. Right, exactly. You know, and um, I, maybe that's a way to go. But uh, she could also Craigslist a room out in her house. That's always a good idea. Yeah. Ne that never goes wrong. No, no. I think that's a, that's always a fun plan. Yes. So I would say have a serious, I've said this before too with my dad. It's like, you get stuck in these positions. You're the kid and she's the mom right. and the guilt and the this. You can rise above that and sit down with this other adult. woman, adult, yeah. and say, this is our situation. Yeah. And that's where her guilt trips, her stuff don't matter anymore. Right. Mom, here's the reality. Yeah. You fell down. We had to go there in the middle of the night. That's not always going to be possible. I'm not always going to hear the phone. Right. I'm not always going to be able to run at the, you know, drop of a hat. Right. Your house an hour away. God forbid I miss a message and mm -hmm. you're suffering, struggling, can't breathe, whatever it is at home alone. Yeah. You know, that's that's a horrible, horrible thought for me. And you sit down as adults and you have a rational conversation, at least from your side. Yeah. And. 
her reaction is is her reaction. Right. You know, her whatever is her whatever. But it would also be pretty it's empowering, you know, for her to lay the guilt trip on you and you say, I'm not interested in your guilt trip. We're talking about reality. Yes. Because it's like you take away someone's Ooh. weapon of choice. So great. And what and sometimes they don't have a leg to stand on. Yeah. Absolutely. Say, Mom, if you fall like, down and have to get amputated, you won't oh. have a leg to stand on. <laughs> Especially when it comes to parents, because I feel like <laughs> parents' weapon of choice is usually guilt. Yeah. So once you take the guilt away, parents usually don't want to get into full arguments with their kids. Yeah, you can't have a rational argument and and you know not have a point. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, oh well, I don't oh, all right. <laughs> I'll move in. <laughs> well, hopefully that helps, Manny. Uh, I'd like to hear what happens. So if uh, if you want to, you can always let us know. So anyway, uh, we have one more question and then we'll uh, we'll go to our rotating segment. We have Lucy. Lucy? Yeah. And Lucy says, my husband doesn't properly load the dishwasher. <laughs> he puts in dishes on top of each other like they will magically get clean in the places they are touching. Cups are placed in right side up so water collects in them. I feel like I'm forever rehashing dishes. That's from Lucy. Divorce him. <laughs> and I'll tell you the thing that makes it clear this needs to happen. Yeah. Cups put in oh, right side up. That is inexcusable. That is that is grounds for divorce. <laughs> and a judge would award you custody of the dishwasher. How, how simple is it to put the cups in upside down? Yeah, people do. I'm pretty sure I load my dishwasher sometimes in a way that people would not like. Yeah. Where I put like something big on the top. Oh, yeah. So people don't like that. Don't like it that. seems to work. But I also don't pack it full. Right. But cups right side up. I mean, I'm grossed out even when, you know, if you put like a measuring cup or something that has like a little divot in the top. Right. And it's, I put it in upside down, but there's still a little water on top. I'm like, oh, yeah, oh. I hate that. I hate it's that. just really bothersome. Absolutely. To open up your dishwasher after it's run to a right side up cup. That's blatant. That's I would take that personally. That's that reeks of privilege. <laughs> God. That reeks of privilege. That's a person who's never had to unload the goddamn dishwasher. Oh, interesting. You know what I'm saying? That's a person whose mom never made them do the dishes, who never had to clean out the dishwasher and be like, oh, what's all this gross water? So that actually brings up a good idea. It's his job to unload the dishwasher. Yeah. You load it, you unload it. Yeah. That's the new rule of the house. There you go. He'll learn how gross it is. Yeah. The Oh, man. The cup right side up. That's the worst. Right side up. Not <laughs> even leaning over. <laughs> it's not like it's not like it was the right way and then it fell down. Right. I mean, also, I mean, we're we're looking at his mental faculties <laughs> a little bit as well. Yeah. Seriously. Just, um, I wonder what else. Are you noticing anything else going wrong in the house? This sounds like a person with an evil brain. Yes. Like somebody who specifically does so evil stuff for evil purposes. Or is he possessed by the ghost that lives in the dishwasher? <laughs> the ghost in the machine is guiding. Like he goes to put the cup in the proper way and then it just shakes and <laughs> rotates his hand. He, then he takes like the, the dishwashing the cascade and he just throws it in like he doesn't even put it in the cup 
<laughs> just, right? Yeah. He just throws it into the dishwasher willy-nilly. <laughs> I do not like your husband, Lucy. No, I don't. Lucy, cut ties. <laughs> cut ties. Or go to straight picnic plastic cups there you and go. Uh, all paper, that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, paper and plastic cups from now on. Okay, and before anyone writes in and tells us how we're ruining the earth as we record this one day before Earth, earth day, day, that was a joke. Yeah, don't, don't use plasticware. Unless you have a legitimate picnic happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, Lucy. Hopefully uh, you divorce your husband and uh, everyone. Yeah, good wins. luck with the next one. That's my that's my thing for Lucy. <laughs> All right. Well, those were our main questions for today. Let's move on to our rotating segment of the week. And this one is one of our favorites. It's called Flashback. Flashing back with Clark and LB. Let's talk about some fun memories. It's a flashback. I love that jingle. I love that Such jingle. Such a pretty jingle. It's so, yes, it really lulls me back in time. <laughs> so we want to talk about today. Clark and I were like, well, what should we talk about? And uh, we decided to give some anecdotes from when we used to work together as copywriters at an ad agency. Yeah, we've talked about school. We've talked about uh, Disneyland. You know, Disneyland and plays. But there was about... Was it about three or four months? No, two, six months. Six months. Six months. Six months that you worked with me at an ad agency together. Yep. And the ad agency that we worked at really mainly focused mainly on video games. Yeah. So we were really just working on video game advertisements. Which I am not a gamer, so it was pretty fun. But it was Clark, still great. Uh, you did would a great job. Say, I did a great job and I sold plenty of spots. You we'll did. talk about a few of those. But Clark would be like, no, it's good you're not a gamer. You'll have, you know, a different perspective. And I'm like, I guess so. <laughs> Well, we're constantly being asked to talk to people who aren't gamers. Yeah. So well, I said, Clark, what's a Nintendo? <laughs> so one of Nintendo, it's yeah, not a bad thing. That's not a bad idea. Um, so one of the things that we really wanted to talk about was actually a failed campaign. And when <laughs> we say failed, we mean like probably millions, not millions, but no. thousands of dollars, hundreds yeah. of oh, thousands yeah, yeah, of dollars yeah. lost. Because we went through probably about five or six uh, script changes. We wrote maybe, I don't know, 10 different scripts. They narrowed it down to three or four. We did about five different revisions for each of these scripts. We worked for at least a month, a month and a half. Yeah. We hired a director. We went to a studio. We filmed three of the spots. We put them together. We had an editor working on them. You were in the editing bay with the yeah. editor, like working on the edit. And then we got all the way to the final cut. We showed it to the client and they went, eh, we don't like it. Yeah. And they and this, never put it out. And this will be a little bit of a of a backstage show business thing because yeah. when they went into, I wasn't at the pitch. I think Clark was. Yeah, I usually um, pitch. Go in to meet the clients and show them what we did. <laughs> uh, they were like, we love these. We're buying them. Yeah. These are great. Okay, and then, of wait, course, oh, go ahead. Let's let's set up what these are, first oh, of all, okay, before we okay, go too, okay. too much further. So um, the the client that was asking us to work on a project was, um, I, well, I forget what the, the company was. No, just the game. The game is called Planet Side 2. And the whole point of Planet Side 2 is that, like, it was a... It was a multiplayer where thousands of people could come and fight each other at the same time in the same game. Yeah. It was Fortnite before Fortnite was Fortnite. Yeah. So um, 
people were really excited about this game coming out and it was planet side two, which meant there was already a group of people that were planet side one fans that were ready and excited for number Wouldn't two. Wouldn't that have just been planet side? Yes, exactly. Planet <laughs> side. Um, but the, 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 I feel like the ask for us was to try and exactly what you were just saying, to try and get these gamers or even non-gamers mm -hmm. that weren't playing this game to maybe show a little interest. Yeah. Oh, man, that, that could be fun. And the crux of it was that there's three factions yes. or, or races or yes. whatever within yes. this game. Species or so something. All of our all of our um ideas. Ideas revolved around like three people doing X, three people doing Y. Yeah. You know, it was all kind of triplicate, you know, and we all know comedy comes in threes. <laughs> so it's like blah 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 blah. Blah, blah, blah. Exactly. So we, um, I was very new in this. I mean, yeah. there was not a time when I wasn't new. Yeah. I was there, for, there six for six months. months but still. <laughs> but this was very early yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I wrote a couple of them. They liked them. We went and, uh, you know, like you said, cast them. And, this and, and let's be clear. that we sh This is not like we did all of this without the client knowing the people that were making planet side saw these scripts, liked these scripts. Oh yeah. They saw, they, they were there when we were filming. They, they, they were a part of the process the whole way. I don't know why at the very end, when they were all done, they decided not to ever release them. Yeah. It was, and there's some really funny like reasoning, <laughs> but um, what's interesting though, Clark is that shooting these, spots yeah that day literally that we shot them was yeah. this real turning point for me where i really resolved to get back into acting really yeah because we were there it's exciting anyway when you write something and yeah. you see it produced yeah. we're there on set the clients are already really unhappy yeah and they decided they didn't like our boss oh, and they yeah. didn't want him there yeah that was funny <laughs> oh my but, god so he's there kind of like grumpy yeah but he, I, he had to show them that he'd gonna be there whether they liked it or not exactly it's always a great atmosphere yeah but what was great about the atmosphere was that i show up and i'm on a set that's right i'm on a tv set yeah and it's all familiar to me it's second nature and this was a really cool sound stage too yeah, where there was, was like uh you'd walk into a courthouse set and then you'd walk past the jurors panel into that door and it would be you'd walk into a medical office. Uh, yeah, like it had all every these door led standing, to a new set standing sets. Exactly. And we use like an office and a ho not a hotel room, a hospital room. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember what a the military. Third one was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a bunker or something. Yeah. So it was just this really cool little studio. Yeah. And but I get there and I'm like, OK. I was like in my natural habitat oh, because I know the cool. set. I know what to do. I know the names to learn. Yeah. Not that you shouldn't learn everybody's names, but I know to find the second AD and make friends with him. Yeah. So that when the one of the pregnant, quote unquote, pregnant mothers in the scene I wrote needs to pee, I know who needs to be notified. Right. All that kind of stuff. And I remember um, our old boss. Yes. Uh, we're not we're not mentioning names, no. but um. Just because I'm like in the groove of the set and he said uh, somebody, somebody with a ladder was coming through and nobody's saying anything. I go ladder coming through, make a hole. And he was like, you know, everything. Like, <laughs> and, and I really just thought like, 
this is what I know how to do. Yeah. Even though I wasn't there acting. Yeah. It's just being in production. It's like was so easy for me. It and felt at, it at, felt right. At that point too, you had also probably you who hadn't been on a set in since maybe what was the last thing you did before that? Dodgeball? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, because this was um a couple of years after I'd gotten sober. Yeah. So this is a couple of years after I'd gotten sober. And so I'd been doing all these different jobs of, you know, being a courier and being right. a dog walker right. and, you know, all this kind of stuff. So I hadn't been on a set. Yeah. Um, because it was during my time at the ad agency that yeah. uh they called me to do workaholics. Oh, that's right. my my command performance. Yes, because I remember you talking to me about it and me being like, "Oh, workaholics is fun." Yeah, you I do go, that. Have you seen this before? Yeah. <laughs> I like that show. Um, but yeah, it was just being there and being in production. Yeah, like I just know what I'm doing. I love it, yeah. and it, and it's so yummy to me. So that was this turning point. But we do shoot these three um, different. Spots. Yep. There was a, a one that was about military guys. There was one about three pregnant women. And there was one about, uh, I think we called it patent. And it was about a guy that had a robot sex doll. And I wrote that one. Right. So it was a robot sex doll written by a woman and they'd approved it. Yes. And then afterwards, that was part of the thing. Like, well, this one is just not, it's offensive and sexist. And I'm like, who do you think is playing your game? <laughs> exactly. The Gloria Steinem fan base? They're not, they play Call of Duty. Exactly. You know? So it was just this kind of like, it. it's... Typical, though, that's the typical entertainment yeah. ridiculousness where yep. somebody loves an idea. It's great. It's great. It's great. It's great. Then one person doesn't like it. And then it's horrible. Everyone exactly. hates it. It's like, this is really great. But does the story have to be at a circus? <laughs> because we think a 7-Eleven right. tie-in would, you know. But it, so it was just one of those. I mean, it was really fun though I, being there. I really wish I could. I had these because these were done. They were edited. They were yeah. finished. I wish I could get my hands on these just so I could put them out and we, everyone could take a look at them. If I, I get, I get a weird feeling like they were online at one point, probably not on YouTube, but they were online somewhere. Yeah. If any of you are detectives out there and you want to go and try and find them, it was Planet Side Two. One of them was called Pregos. One of them was called uh, Patent. Patent. And one and of then, them was called uh, who knows what. Yeah. Military the guys. Uh, Semper Fi. Oh, Semper Fi. Semper Fi was the third one. Yeah. So anyway, if you any if any of you can go find that, that would be amazing. That would be pretty good. But yeah, that was a fun uh, a fun thing that we did together. Um, we are running out of time though, so oh, let's shit. get to our last question of the podcast. Okay. So our final question is from Potato Kitten. Potato Kitten. I thought you'd like Potato Kitten. And Potato Kitten uh, says, LB, about a year ago, I lost my house. My best friend took me in because I had no place to go, which I will forever be thankful. She's been my best friend for over 20 years. My problem that I need some bad advice for is she's a hoarder. Not dead cats under piles of trash or anything like that, just messy and always collecting things. She'll buy the same thing over and over again. She'll set that item in the mess somewhere, lose it, then buy that same thing all over again because she can't find where she set the original thing down. I don't know what to do. Over the last year, I've tried to clean, but she will get visibly upset because I'm moving her stuff around. 
I'm having a hard time because without her love and generosity and giving me a place to stay, I would be out on the streets. I have no other family. The housing market in my state has made it impossible to move out on my own on my salary. I love her so much and I have always known her to be messy. It has been hard because we can't have our joint friends over in that house. I can't have any personal or romantic flings in there uh, there because I'm ashamed to bring people over. I don't want to press the issue too much. It is her house and she was kind enough to open her doors. I do, however, pay a portion of the mortgage. I feel stuck. I don't worry that we aren't going to be friends anymore because we have been through so much together over 20 years. However, I have been super depressed over this. What is overstepping my boundaries? Help me, LB. Thanks. Wow. Potato kitten. Potato kitten. Hi, potato kitten. (laughs) Um, Thank you for your question and i'm sorry for your predicament yeah Uh, what's interesting to me she says i knew she was messy but you didn't know until you got there like oh what the deal is hoarding is an intense emotional mental illness-ish i mean i know i don't know what's behind i mean there's all kinds of things behind it multitude of things that could cause it yeah which is you know so it's not surprising that somebody that advanced in it would be so upset if you try to clean i have friends like that i'm like that a little bit i mean my my shit's a mess and i like to hold on to things but i don't have you know like goat trails i don't have so much stuff right i don't have all the newspapers from whatever whatever although i'm pretty sure i have bought uh like five times disposable razors and i keep losing them okay and i'd like to shave some things right now but i need to find those razors i'm not buying more are you sure potato kitten isn't living with you Oh, maybe my shit is so (laughs) crazy i don't know she's even there do we know that potato kitten isn't your dad do we know Potato Kitten isn't me? <laughs> yeah, that'd be crazy if my dad wrote in some question. He's That's like, funny. what, did you check the mail? Like, he just writes me regular questions yeah. into the podcast. I get an actual physical envelope in, the, in my <laughs> mailbox. Um, So this is a big deal. First yeah. of all, it's, um, I'm one, you said it's not dead cats under that. Yeah. So I'm hoping that it's not. You know, moldy, uh, yes. dangerous territory. Right. right. But, and I was actually surprised when you said I am paying part of the mortgage because mm. this kind of sounded like a my friend is helping me out situation. Right. Um, the thing to do, the overall piece of this for me would be sitting down with your friend. And it's not about, I mean, it is, but it's not about ostensibly. You know, I'm just really have a problem living here with this. It's like you have got an issue going on. It's yeah. not that you're messy. It's yeah. not that you like to collect things. It's something else behind it. Yeah. And as your friend who loves you, that's really troubling to me because right. you're in some sort of pain. You're in some sort of, you know, trauma and you're bar- literally burying it. Yeah. And so that to me would be a place to start mm. Mm. Um, because the rest of it is just a symptom. The rest of it is like, oh, well, then maybe you don't need to live in my house. And yeah. that is 
at the end of the day, probably what I would suggest, you say that you can't, you can't afford to live anywhere else, but could you, could you afford to rent a room in someone's house? Well, she's obviously can afford to uh, rent a room in this house. Yeah, precisely. So would there, uh, you know, she says she doesn't have any other family, but maybe there would be another friend. Another friend. Or she says she can't afford. Yeah. If you are paying, that's what surprised me when you said you're paying part of yeah, the mortgage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you can afford something <laughs> exactly you can't afford to rent a room you know through a reputable you know housey searchy and you know search engine or whatever right. to look into legitimate people posting yeah you know room for rent yeah yeah and that might be the thing to do to get yourself out of this situation. It's not going to work for you to be like, okay, we're going to clean this place yeah, up yeah. or let's go. You know, it doesn't turn into a, you know, rom-com montage over Jackson Brown right, while you like montage. spit shine the quiz kitchen. Right. Oh, the trash bin is full again. I mean, if that could happen, great, but I, I don't no, see that, that happening happens in and a your friend house. goes in the bathroom and slits her wrist. Yeah, like, exactly. They're, that might be hyperbolic, but yeah. when somebody is in this hoarding mentality, mentality exactly, there is so much more underneath it. Yep. It's not that, oh, things got a little out of control. It is definitely related to mental illness. Yeah. It is abandonment. It is um, this just pathological need to hold on to stuff, the mm. security of this stuff, the control mm. over it. Mm. And that's not a, hey, why don't we do some spring cleaning? Right. Like the really deep, dark, emotional issues right. underneath it need to be addressed. Yeah. And so if this person of your friendship, you know, isn't seeing a therapist, like these are really things to impress upon her. Yeah. You can get out of the house. Yeah. You can get out of the house. Yeah. That's a different thing than helping your friend. Right. Well, she's asking specifically with what would be overstepping my boundaries. And I think that that's really it here. Like yeah. this is, this is None the of, crux of the question. Yeah. None of that that I said, sitting down, really talking to your friend, yeah. asking your friend, can I help you find some help? Can right. I help you look for a therapist? This is a much bigger thing. Right. And to have a real understanding of the fact that most hoarders are just not messy people. Right. They're just not collectors. Or and, lazy. Or exactly. Or lazy or gross. That there is just emotional trauma and emotional problems yep. underneath. Yep. And that's their symptom. Yeah. yeah. And so that none of that would be overstepping your bounds to sit down with your friend that you absolutely love. Yeah. That even after this, you say, I'm not worried. We won't be friends. Right. You know, especially if you're going into it, not being like, hey, I want a cleaner house, but going into it like, hey, I think you, my friend, have have a problem and I want to be there to help you. Yeah. And if this is not about me or the house or cleanliness. This is about our friendship. And I need you to be a healthy happy person. And that might be well done in conjunction to you saying I'm renting a house somewhere else Yeah, because this is a problem. Yeah. Because what's going to happen is what's going to happen? Well, I can predict the future. <laughs> um, 
you know, is that addressing this with someone with a hoarding issue will be taken, you know, will they will be defensive. Yeah. And it'll be like, well, you know what? If this house isn't good enough for you, then you should leave, you know, or whatever, right. because they, because it is an anxiety panic attack right. when somebody's touching your, those are my Coke cans that I've kept for 20 years because I'm going to turn them into a mosaic and right. like, like all this stuff that, you know, every piece of whatever in a hoarder's house has some meaning. I'm right. not saying that it's legitimate. I'm not saying that I'm, it's legitimate to them. them. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. and I'm going to fix that and then I'm going to do this and then, and you know, and that's the kind of manic aspect of it. Right. So if, if you address it in any sort of like, you know, we this need house to fix this a, place. Yeah. That's not, that's the symptom. Yeah. And that's just going to lead to arguments and defiance. And yeah, and you're you're so right. The best way to e is to either you got to not. This isn't a conversation about the house. This isn't a conversation about hoarding. It's a conversation about your mental health. Yeah. And or I love your idea of already coming into the conversation, having a different place. Yeah. That you can say, look. I, I feel like I, I need to move out because, you know, and maybe you, you save that in your back pocket. I don't know. Yeah. Do you keep that in your back pocket. If she does throw that out at you of like, well, if you don't like it here, you can leave. Yeah. You can kind of throw out. Look, I, I, I already am, have a place. Yeah. I know I'm I can move to a place. I'm more concerned about you. Yeah. Right. You want to maybe hold on to that in your back pocket. Yeah. But um yeah, that's rough. Oh, uh, good luck. Oh, Good luck. Good luck, potato kitten. Potato kitten. <laughs> well, that was it. That was it. That was our final question. We are doing, uh, I had a fun time. Uh, we had a, I, I did had, too. A, a fun podcast. Um, you know, we really had so much fun a couple of weeks ago doing the trivial or trivia. Uh, I would love if any, anyone out there listening, if you have any little things that you've always wanted to know about Lori Beth, like little small mundane things or bigger things. We love doing that kind of quick rapid fire question and answer. So uh, if you have any of those questions or any other questions that you'd have, please send it to us. We need more questions and we love what we're getting. Yeah. So uh, if you have a good question, please send it to uh, all of our, we could go to our socials and ask Lori Beth or on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, and face are we on Facebook? We're on Facebook. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. For the oldies. Oh. <laughs> but anyway, you can send it to us at directly at askloribeth.com. Uh, or you can leave us a message with your name and where you're from at 1-855-336-2374. That's 1-855-Denberg, D-E-N-B-E-R-G. And you can find me at LB Denberg on Instagram, at Lori Beth Denberg on Twitter. And there's the Lori Beth Denberg fan page on Facebook. That's what the Facebook thing is. I oh, think. there you go. And uh, you can book me for a post 420 cameo <laughs> for your best smoking friend um, at cameo.com slash Lori Beth. Also, hashtag one million hugs. Yes, yes, yes. And everyone take care of yourselves. All right. Have a fun week and we'll talk to you later. Bye, Bubba. Bye. Bye.
That Advice stars Lori Beth Denberg and Clark Crozier. The show is produced by me, Jeremy Balin, and part of the Seltzer Kings Network. Our theme song is written and performed by Natty Ward. If you or someone you love is in need of some bad advice, you can submit your own question on our socials, all of which are Ask Lori Beth, or on our website at AskLoriBeth.com, or for a nostalgic twist, you can call 1-855-DENBERG. That's right, 1-855-336-2374, and leave your question there. Thanks for listening.